Hi, this is Bill Allerton from Urban Tiger Radio, a project sponsored by Cybermouse Multimedia, bringing you free podcasts to download or listen to live online on your favourite podcast player, iTunes, Stitcher.com, SoundCloud, or just Google us and you will find us everywhere. Enjoy. This is another story from my collection Firelight on Dark Water, Tales of the warm and wonderful. And it's a story called Cheval. Like a lot of these stories, they were written quite a long time ago. This one was. I hope I've progressed as a writer since then, but having said that, it's more emotions that interest me than... I don't know what you'd call it. Narrative? Maybe? I don't know. There's a preface to this one. Cheval. Mirrors... Fascinate me. Every time I go to see a new optician, I have a question that I ask. So far, I have a different answer from each optician, and I don't believe any of them. The question, simply put, is this. What do we really see in a mirror? The pragmatic answer is that we see light reflected from a surface just below the glass, and that we see ourselves reversed, our mirror image, and that this image exists solely on that silver surface. Don't believe it. Try this little experiment. If, like myself, you need glasses for reading, then you'll know what focal length has been set for you, usually around two feet or so, the comfortable place to hold a book. Now, stand two feet away from a mirror and hold the book beside your head, and you can't read it, although the image is the required two feet away. Yes, I know it's in reverse. Now, move in until you can read it. You'll find yourself one foot away from the glass. But wait a minute. If that image exists only on the silvering behind the glass and is two feet away, you should see it perfectly. But you don't. You have to move in to half the focal length. So where actually is the image? Does it exist at all? Please write in with your own theory. Now, Einstein's theory of relativity states that the experience of time is relative to the velocity of the observer, and that objects travelling at different speeds experience time at different rates. As humans, we are relatively slow creatures who observe time slipping by at speeds we can never hope to achieve. But what if we are not the slowest things in the universe? What if the things that seem static around us are travelling too, but so slowly that we can't see the change, even in a mirror? To Jana, this was just a game she played as a child, but it was a game she believed in all her life, right up to the end. Cheval by Bill Allerton The trick was not to let them see you. Jana had played this game before and knew that there was this one cardinal rule. They mustn't see you. She lay flat, as close as she could to the floorboards, 
She knew no one would mind the dust on her dungarees as long as she was up here in the half-dust of the loft amongst the old discoveries that always seemed new and fresh to her, instead of being downstairs and underfoot. Stay low. Move slowly. Janna edged across the room, her nose following the line of a joint in the boards directly over to where the bound chest squatted like a fat old frog in a dark forgotten corner with its mouth set in a straight line and an unmistakable smugness about its whole expression. She pulled herself into its shadow and rested. She peeked over the tired curved leather of the lid. They hadn't seen her. Their wooden, stallion eyes looked straight out across the room as if they could see right through the roof and the tiles and the nails and all the years of dust into somewhere she couldn't see. Perhaps another place they were charging to, even now as she hid behind the chest watching them, waiting to see them move aching, wanting them to be free and to run high-stepping across all the dusty boards and out into the sunlight where they could flash and snort and buck and run and just be. Janna wondered if maybe they moved all the time. It didn't seem right to have all that power and energy frozen into shapes that didn't move and only ever threatened to burst into life. She felt as if they'd always known what it was like to run, but for now they were only resting and watching. Some days she wondered if they moved too slowly for her to see, like a petal opening, or a flower closing, or the sun in the sky at midday when the birds swoop and swirl around, teasing it on towards evening. And just maybe if she closed her eyes, and only opened them now and again, she might be able to see that they'd moved, like when you mark the sun with a stick in the ground the way that her grandpa had shown her, and said that was how you knew and that it didn't do to keep looking at things the whole time, because you never saw the changes, and as how that went for people, too. She had thought of marking the boards where their hooves pushed against them with a piece of chalk, but they would see her, and just sit and wait until she had rubbed it out again, or the dust had covered it, and they could move again in their own quiet time, despite the way their nostrils flared and their eyes stared open and wild into space and their hooves flailed the air, threatening the dust motes. Janna had always wondered where it was that they were looking, what it was that they were seeing that she couldn't, and why. She came out from behind the chest and lay on the floor in front of them, her chin on the backs of her folded hands. She closed her eyes and counted. One, two, three. Inside her head, she could hear the growing stomp, of hooves galloping, galloping, closer and closer until it seemed she would be 
struck into the dust and the boards beneath her hands began to shake with the pressure of horses and wildness and freedom and she felt that the whole loft was about to open like the petals of a flower while she wasn't looking and that they would burst upwards and outwards and that she would be with them clinging to the scent of manes and flying tails and they would move across the sky calling out to the sun as they passed until they reached the top of a large hill where they could rest and the horses could bend their necks and shake their heads into tall cool grass and perhaps just once if she was very patient she might see that their eyes had closed and the deep strong breath they had held tight in their jutting chests all those years had been let out and that they were satisfied and full and free. Janna opened her eyes. They were still there. They were still there because between them they formed the feet and carried the dark base of a tall, slender, oblong mirror wrapped tightly in several layers of white sheet and taped firmly around the corners, as if whoever had wrapped it had expected a wind to blow through the loft, scattering sheets and dusts and toppling picture frames and memories, covering them in the shifting sands of what may or may not be fashionable any more. Some time later, Janna climbed back up the loft ladder. Only this time, she had no choice but to let them see her. She sat on the floor beside them, with her swollen, fertile belly, and gently blew the dust from their nostrils, blew the layers from their eyes, blew like the long-expected wind over their manes and tails, and dared to stroke the undersides of their hooves, despite their frozen imminence. She was now no longer half afraid of them. Their dark wood carving shone in the light from the pale yellow of the bull, but now, somehow, the magic was gone. She closed her eyes and opened them again. They were still there. Only this time, she didn't expect them to move, didn't expect them to soar over and above her in one stride to freedom, didn't expect them to be looking at other lands, couldn't find the hilltop or feel tall, cool grass between her toes. She knew also that she would let out her last breath before they did, and that if they did move, which... Despite all she had ever come to know, she still believed that they did. It was with the speed of light crossing the universe, so slow and ponderous beside the world outside that their journey would last forever, and that what she had seen was just a blink in their passing, a split-second still frame freeze out of eternity, and no one could close their eyes for that long except that one day she would, and perhaps if she waited long enough, she would open them again 
onto a bright sky filled with darkly carved wooden horses booking and running with small girls clinging to manes and tails and calling out and birds teasing passing suns. She smiled and began to lift the edges of the tape that held the sheets in place. As she took off the last piece of tape, the sheets fell away. Beneath them was a mirror, its silvering kept perfect against the years by the careful way in which it had been swaddled against time, the only wind ever to blow through the loft. As the sheet fell away, Jana thought for an instant she might have caught a flicker that wasn't her own reflection, wasn't the pale yellow of the same old bulb, then dismissed it as the dust settled around her, coating the horses once more, blinding their eyes again. She looked at herself in the glass. She was less than tall, but it took only a second to see that she had confidence. It was in the way she stood, and the way she smiled back at herself, and the way her eyes fell shorter forever, as if they were now fastened to the earth, and for once seeing things that were, and things that mattered, and things that had to be done, and not wished for, and how, somehow, the magic had gone a little from her, too. She dropped the sheet back over the mirror. She would give it away tomorrow. Some time later, Jana climbed back up the loft ladder and eased herself onto the floor. She paused a moment to catch her breath and look at her palms that were covered in dust. She smacked them together and climbed to her feet. She shuffled the four steps across to the mirror and pulled off the sheet that loosely draped over it. In the instant before the light from the pale yellow bulb cracked back at her from the glass, she saw something that moved so fast that for a moment she was almost convinced she had seen herself all that time ago, when movement was grace and ease and taken for granted. She smiled. Had she ever really had that magic? She patted the grey of her hair and looked for the reflection that would show her as she was, when she too had lines and angles and curves that moved too fast for the dust to settle on. But it was buried too far down, too deep into the glass for her to stand here and try to pull it out when there may not be enough time for things that only move at the speed of light. And how you should savour all that you have and not wish for more or for things that are gone. She shook the sheet over the mirror. As it settled down against the glass, she thought she saw no. Just the bulb. Just these old eyes up to tricks a body could never dream of or explain if they had forever. The thought seemed to stick in her mind, rattling 
like a tramcar past shop windows and shimmering the reflections with the whine and chatter of its wheels until they settle down again. And suddenly everything becomes crystal clear, like a pond where the ripples have died and the fish glide like thoughts into the mouths of streams they knew were there but had forgotten, it seems, only yesterday. She went downstairs to wait, and to think, and to climb back down that long passing ladder of light into the dust and dark corners under the sheets and tapes in her head. Some time later, Janna climbed back up the loft ladder and paused at the top. The trick is not to let them see you. Janna had played this game before and knew that there was this one cardinal rule. They mustn't see you. She lay flat, as close as she could to the floorboards. She knew there was no one left to mind about the dust on the summer print of her housecoat or that she was up here in the half-dusk of the loft. The house was empty, and she thought that for a while it might not mind her not being there when it called out with a leaking tap or a creaking board or a shelf that had borne up so well until at last it too had gone the way of all things. She looked at the stuff around her, and the old bound chest. She had forgotten what was in there, and perhaps if it wasn't worth remembering, then perhaps it wasn't worth the effort, and it would sit there, forever smiling its thin-lipped smile, and never get to croak. She felt, like the house, that she was at the end of a long book, with most of it open, and the rest feeling kind of thin under her thumb, and some of the corners creased and uncomfortable in ways that she didn't care to think about any more. Stay low. Move slowly. With her nose to the line of a joint in the floorboards, Janna dragged herself across into the shadow of the old chest and peeked over the tired, curved leather of the lid. They hadn't seen her. She reached around and caught the corner of the sheet that was draped across the mirror and slowly pulled it to the floor. From the glass shone a pale yellow light, and beneath it Janna could see the green of tall, cool grass, and in the grass, bending their necks and shaking their heads, were two horses, dark as dusty corners and powerful as hidden smiles with flared nostrils and wild, wide eyes that could see forever. You've just been listening to another excellent podcast from Urban Tiger Radio, sponsored by Cybermouse Multimedia. 
If you've enjoyed what you've heard, don't forget to click the little heart button on your way out and let everyone else know that you like it. So, once again, that's a goodbye from me and a from now. Bye.